Just because you wrestle alligators for a living doesn't mean you should have the skin of one. Say goodbye to dry and cracked skin with Old Spice Super Hydration Body Wash with Vitamin B3. Made for 24-7 renewing moisturization with daily use. With scents of vanilla and shea, people will think you've taken up candle making as one of your hobbies. And there is nothing wrong with that. Old Spice Super Hydration Body Wash. Shop Old Spice now. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like, if casual and cool, had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Decoding the Unknown. I, as always, am your host, Simon. Today, I've got a script from Kevin, the Max Headroom Incidents. If you're new here, what happens? Well, welcome for one. It's nice to have you. Uh, Kevin, or one of my other writers, will write me a script, and I've never read it before. I don't... Uh, well, I say I don't know anything about it, but I do know about the Max Headroom Incident. Or I, I, I vaguely remember there being more than one. It was some sort of interruption to a broadcast, and I don't think it was ever solved. It's kind of what we do here on Decoding the Unknown. I mean, sometimes we have solutions. Sometimes we get to the end of the episode, and I'm like 99% sure it's that, because it's not ghosts. Never ghosts. Uh, we're going to read it together. Well, I'm going to read it. We're going to go through it together. We're going to have a good time. Let's get into it. I've been a night owl my entire life. I like to joke that nothing good happens before 12am, but in reality, the entire world is asleep while I'm awake, so it's often more lonely than exciting. Luckily, there's one friend who's always been there for me at all hours of the night. AM radio. I am the opposite of this. I feel like more people are night owls, even though Kevin's like everyone else is asleep. I feel like lots of people are like, yeah, 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 especially as a student. It's like, why are you studying at night? Why don't you just study in the day and then sleep at night like a normal person? Okay, obviously more people just work in the day because that's when it's light and stuff. Anyway, this is not important. All I'm saying is that Hitler was a nice owl. My favorite late night radio show was Coast to Coast AM, hosted by Art Bell. It was a live, nationally syndicated radio show about all things paranormal and conspiratorial. While Art eventually retired due to health concerns, he was the perfect host for the show. There don't seem to be many definitive statements from Art on whether or not he was a believer or a skeptic, but in my listening, he always sounded like he was just playing along. He had a unique way of making people feel heard, no matter how ridiculous what they were saying was, while also seeming to be subtly condescending in a way that the callers never picked up on. <laughs> Art counts like, like, I don't know. I feel like this would have worked today. It would be like if I did this show and every episode I was like, yeah, 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 but it could be ghosts. I totally believe that that's possible. And it would just feel completely inauthentic. But I feel nowadays people really want authenticity. And if you started doing this, people would very quickly pick up on the fact that you don't believe in any of this stuff and it's not very real. So that's why, because I don't believe in any of this stuff. 
Uh, that's why this show is the way that it is. And probably not as popular as Art Bell's show. God damn it. This was my personal interpretation of his show, at least. And I may be way off base. Whether he believed or not, Art Bell was a truly iconic radio host. One of the most entertaining segments I personally heard on the show was an interview with a man who was selling alien abduction insurance. What were you insuring against? Either you get abducted by aliens and you never come back, or you get abducted by aliens, they do some like anal probing or whatever, and then you're like, you make a claim against that? What's the damage? What are you going to claim your insurance for? For a one-time payment of just $20, you could receive a lifetime $10 million insurance policy. He said that they had received half a dozen or so abduction claims, but only one was being paid out. Really? One was actually paid out? Mm, I'm immediately very skeptical of that. The terms of the policy stated that it would be paid out in yearly installments, $1 per year for the next 10 million years. Filing a claim was no simple task, though, as you were required to provide photographs of the aliens, as well as having your claim form signed by an authorized onboard alien okay so this is just like a novelty gift for someone obviously no one was actually abducted but he admitted to approving that particular claim on the basis of it being really funny while that was my favorite moment i heard live it is hardly the most iconic on september the 11th 1997 someone frantically called into the show claiming to have been a former employee of area 51 had been let go a week prior for medical reasons the panic-ridden caller said that he didn't have long before they triangulated his position and that had been running around the country trying to escape them all right mate well is it, is it the best idea then to go on the radio and tell everyone this story it sounds like you should just be hiding rather than broadcasting your crimes or whatever they want you for he revealed that the beings at area 51 were not aliens but rather they were extra-dimensional beings who had infiltrated all levels of the military and they were hiding information about upcoming natural disasters oh these disasters were going to wipe out major population centers, and these malevolent beings in a way want to prevent it so they could make the human population more manageable. As the caller tried to explain as much as he could to Art amidst his stuttering and sobbing, the broadcast satellite suddenly went down. The call didn't drop. The entire satellite broadcasting, coast to coast AM nationwide, went offline. Wait, that's not how it works. Hang on. Hang on, hang on. AM radio is not broadcast on a satellite, it's broadcast on radio, right? So the satellite can't go down. That's not going to make a difference. Unless it's being taken by satellite from their station where they're making it to somewhere else. And then it's being broadcast on AM radio. I don't know anything about that, but immediately that doesn't seem right. It's pretty spooky, but it's not today's mystery. That is what we call in the skepticism business a coincidence. While it's crazy that the satellite went offline during this call, given the nature of Coast to Coast AM, the same reaction would be had if it went offline during pretty much any other call to the show. This call was not unprompted either. The theme of that night's show was Area 51, and they had a special phone line for current or former employees to use if they wanted to call into the show. If your show's target demographic is crazy people and bored insomniacs, and you say, please call me if you work at Area 51, then you're going to get some phone calls from crazy people and bored insomniacs claiming that they worked at Area 51. Yes, of course you are. This isn't real. And somehow, obviously, this is a big deal because I've heard of this Area 51 call before. And I feel like I shouldn't have because obviously it's just a crazy guy. The supposed natural disasters did not happen either, and the human population has increased by over two billion people since 1997 so it all fell apart rather quickly as any other hoax that predict future events often does comic book writer brian jl glass is one of many to have taken credit for the call but he is the most credible he has reenacted the call both on coast to coast in 1998 and on a similar radio show fade to black in 2014 while the satellite going down was just a fortunate coincidence for fans of conspiracy theories not all broadcast interruptions happen by chance some are carefully orchestrated events designed to interrupt a major television 
television broadcast and replaced it with political propaganda, alleged alien communications, or whatever the hell this thing is. Wow, Kevin, this was a this was over a page of introduction. That is uh, that is lengthy. Trying to bulk it out, huh? Yeah, I realize the Max Headroom incident is is quite a small thing. Yeah. Who is Max Headroom? For anyone too young to remember Max Headroom, created in 1985, he was billed as the first computer-generated TV host. Yeah, I I wasn't born in 1985, so I have no recollection of this. Uh, however, I'm very familiar with how he looks because it's one of those things that I, I mean it's probably been brought up in several videos that i've done i feel like i made it today i found out about this i've probably made a top tens of interrupted broadcasts this kind of stuff i'm very familiar with this this was total bullshit, of course but it's how it was built max was played by actor matt frewer and the computer generated look was achieved by using prosthetics harsh lighting and placing him in front of a blue screen that could be replaced with moving geometric patterns to make it look like he was living inside a computer ah yes because every time we've opened up our computer what we see is moving geometric patterns <laughs> After his dialogue was recorded, they would frequently insert segments where it repeated the video of Max saying the same syllable several times. He was what would today be known as a glitch bot, and it was exactly how we thought a computer-rendered person would behave. It was the mid-80s. Computers were basically still witchcraft. This reminds me exactly, uh, mid-80s in its perfect timing, of Back to the Future 2 when they go forward to 2015, which is now like seven years in the past, which is amazing. And he's ordering a Pepsi in that like futuristic or whatever and isn't the the tv like glitching out at him or the and it's doing this like what 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 thing which you know <laughs> what so we all thought broken computers sounded like skipping cds back in the 80s apparently realistically it just goes to a blue screen of death i was in a museum the other day and they had this like cool projection thing on the floor where you'd like look at all these different things and i was like i don't know some ocean exhibition or whatever and just one of the things that was on the floor was a giant blue screen there's all these fish and shit, and then there's a giant blue screen of death and you're like oh hello <laughs> Max was a literal talking head. He was only ever seen from the shoulders up, and it was designed to be the most boring thing possible, a middle-class white male talking directly into a camera. Hey, this is feeling familiar, but just like Simon, Max found a way to overcome this handicap and become come beloved by the masses. Kevin, you've redeemed yourself. His trying too hard to be cool style of wearing a shiny black suit and sunglasses combined with his acerbic wit led him to become an instant success. Well, we're not talking about me anymore, are we? He could be sterile, arrogant, quick-witted, irritable, or completely vapid, and his personality would swap from one to another in an instant. Max Edring was a brilliant character that was seemingly decades ahead of his time while also being one of the single most 1980s things to ever exist. He was the OK Soda of TV presenters. What is OK Soda? <laughs> this is either like uh, out of date reference or American reference. Both of those I struggle with. Out of date American references? I'm just like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> if you got that reference because you were fortunate enough to also live in one of the test markets for OK Soda, go in the comments and let me know. <laughs> okay. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And 
producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Incidents. On Sunday, November the 22nd, 1987, the citizens of Chicago sat down to watch the local 9 o'clock news on WGN-TV. WGN-TV. I don't know how it went, but you know how they do these, like, they take letters and somehow make them like catchy which is an amazing skill as the sports segment began everyone's tv suddenly went black after about 15 seconds the image came back revealing someone wearing a brown suit a max headroom mask and a pair of sunglasses they were filmed in front of a rotating panel of corrugated metal to simulate the geometric effects that were normally behind the real max headroom the only audio from this hijack signal was some static and buzzing the whole thing lasted about 28 seconds before wgn engineers were able to cut off the signal and return to their normal broadcast once they had regained the signal sports anchor dan roach joked well if you're wondering what happens so am i hilarious dan if they thought that was confusing wait until they see the real video later that night at around 11:20 p.m the local pbs station wttw was wttw was hijacked during an episode of doctor who technicians tried to counteract the signal but they couldn't there were no engineers on duty that late at night and the station techs had no idea how to stop the pirate signal all they could do was sit helplessly and watch the madness unfold before them they were completely at the mercy of the imposter max headroom and it was time for him to speak his mind his deranged frenetic mind the audio is distorted to the point that even after decades of dedication people cannot fully understand everything that's being said the gist is certainly there the video opens with max saying that does it he's a freaking nerd this is generally thought to be a reference to Doctor Who, but we'll get to why I disagree with that later. He then goes on to claim that he's better than WGN sportscaster Chuck Swirsky, who he calls a frickin' liberal. My dude, the FCC. My dude, the FCC is already going to be after you for broadcast piracy. You might as well go ahead and say f Yeah, this is... <laughs> it's like, don't say those naughty words. We're on the air. And it's like, yo, 
<laughs> you're illegally broadcasting. It's okay. You can swear. <laughs> the real Max Headroom was the spokesperson for New Coke. That's unfortunate. So naturally, the fake one held up a can and recited the New Coke slogan, Catch the Wave, before tossing it on the ground and giving the camera the middle finger, though his middle finger was now encased in a hollowed-out dildo. Oh my. Don't worry, it gets weirder. Max sings the line, Your love is fading from the temptation song I'm losing you before breaking into the Clutch Cargo theme song. This is the... When was this happening? Was this... It, it feels so wildly dated. 87. Okay. Oh, I was born. I was just born. This feels like the most 80s thing ever. Max then delivers the single cogent point that he makes during the entire video by saying, I just made a giant masterpiece for all the greatest world newspaper nerds. Finally, the piece de resistance. The video cuts to Max bent over with his pants pulled down. His head is out of frame, but he is holding the mask now with the dildo in its mouth in front of the camera, and he says, they're coming to get me. Behind him is a girl dressed in an Annie Oakley costume holding a fly swatter. She instructs him to bend over, and she begins swatting his bare ass, giving it a delicate slap with her bare hands for good measure. The video cut out, and Doctor Who returned to everyone's televisions. The hijackers had cut off their signal, and with the text at WTTW unsure what to do, it was now too late to track the pirate signal. This was so weird. It's got to be some dudes who like realized they could do this, and then they were like, what should we broadcast? And we're like, I don't know. You guys got any ideas and they just brainstorm something and it just it's like what what did what's the point what do we know not a lot there are currently zero known suspects one previously suggested suspect was musician eric fornia the creator of shay st john who you may be familiar with from some bizarre youtube videos totally not eric had neither the equipment nor knowledge to perform the signal interruption and wasn't in chicago at the time the only evidence had to tie this to him other than baseless speculation was that both the max headroom video and shay st john videos were extremely weird it's compelling i know that's the only thing that is not evidence that is not a link that isn't even a tenuous link a much more plausible theory came from a redditor who was active in the freaking and hacking scene in chicago at the time that it happened he told a story of two brothers identified only as k and j who was confident were behind the video the story was very convincing but new information revealed that it could not possibly be them also that's it that's the entire list of suspects who all for whatever reason it wasn't the second guys and obviously it wasn't the first guy so there's no suspects so what information do we have beyond the video itself well the reason k and j were cleared as suspects is because of interviews conducted with engineers who were working for the television stations at the time they provided a lot of in-depth technical information about what would have been required to pull this off no matter how talented these two hackers allegedly were the tools they would need were simply not available to them in 1987 in short the chances this was anything other than an inside job was essentially zero oh wow i didn't know that i guess that doesn't make sense and i don't really know about technology so i just assumed that someone had got like a really powerful transmitter somehow like more powerful and just tuned into the local bands but that would be wild right you'd have to have something more powerful than a television's transmitter which makes no that would they have the most powerful ones because they're broadcasting it so far we also know that wgn was likely the real target for the pirate broadcast aside from the mention of sportcaster chuck swirsky max also made a reference to the world's greatest newspaper nerds while at first glance it appears he's just tooting his own horn and rather accurately since this was a major national news story the comment was much more pointed the call sign wgn stands for world's greatest newspaper named after the chicago tribune who founded both the station and humbly gave themselves this title <laughs> wow i believe that they planned to play the entire video during the sports segment of the nine o'clock news but the engineers were 
able to thwart their attempt. I suspect that the WTTW hijacking was never intended as a backup plan and may have just been a last-minute act of opportunity. I haven't seen this mentioned anywhere, but what aired on WGN, though without audio, was 13 seconds of Max bobbing his head around and talking directly to the camera. When they took over WTTW later that night, Max is only speaking directly into the camera for seven seconds before bending out a frame to pick up props. In short, they did not rewind the tape before the second hijacking, so there are actually 13 seconds of rantings which will never be known to the public. I'm not going to call that a bad thing, however, given how nonsensical the rants were, but it may have provided more evidence about who the culprit was. This is such a strange story. Wrap up. It's been almost 35 years. Oh my god. <laughs> the 80s were a long time ago. And they are no closer to catching the person behind the stunts than when it first happened. With what we know now, you'd think that the list of suspects would be pretty short. It had to be someone working at one of these stations, probably WGN, and someone that had a grudge against the station, or at least Chuck Swirsky. Yeah, how big can your pool of suspects be? And I mean, you've got to have like some machinery and stuff and... This doesn't sound like it'd be so so hard to catch this person, but I guess also, who cares that much? Maybe there was an internal investigation and then they were like, ah, whatever. <laughs> Despite breaking rule number three of The Casual Criminalist, another show ID, you should definitely check it out, don't involve other people in your crimes, it seems the mastermind behind this attack and his minimum two accomplices have managed to not only avoid detection, but avoid opening their stupid mouths, barring a deathbed confession. It seems like the identity of the people behind this will remain a mystery for the ages. I like that when people when you get some deathbed confessions and they actually add up and the evidence ties together. Because often it's like some mystery happening. You're like, oh no, we gotta wait like at least 50 years before everyone dies and someone finally talks. But uh, yeah, it's not. It's, it's, you've got a long wait. But there's one other mystery. What was even the point of the signal interruption? It required technical knowledge, high-tech equipment, and access to the broadcast station. Whoever did this put a lot of planning into how they were going to do it. So why didn't they bother planning what they were going to do? Maybe the fake Max Headroom is too brilliant for us mere mortals to understand, but it really seems like they hit record without the slightest idea what they wanted to say and just started riffing. Perhaps there was some sort of thesis, some overarching point that he was trying to be made, but if so, it appears it must have been in the first 13 seconds seconds of the hijacking. The opening sentence, that does it, he's a freaking nerd, may have actually been the closing of the 13-second rant that explained who Max's main grievance was actually with, but we'll never have that audio to know for sure. So until the next time, please remember, be kind, please rewind. So uh, yeah, this is like what was the point of this whole broadcast? <laughs> this gets a lot of coverage for what, I mean it's an interesting little mystery. But it's more like, okay, it was just bored technicians or something. Anyway, this has been an episode of Decoding the Unknown, relatively short one today. Thank you for being here. If you enjoyed this show, please, and you're watching on YouTube, give it a like, subscribe. If you're listening to it in its podcast form, hi, please do leave a review. That would be amazing. And I will see you next time. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.